Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Welcome back to the room where leaders talk. I'm excited today to have Candace Ludwig as one of the funnest guests, because I've had lots of conversations with her before this time. Um, She's the founder of Appetite for Awesome, uh, which is really focused on helping busy professionals to get control of their health and well-being. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Candace also comes out of a corporate environment. She spent many years in some huge corporate environments uh, on the talent management, organizational effectiveness, uh, sides of the house. And so we're going to explore a bit today uh, with Candace and kind of talent management, what do leaders need to be understanding about that environment. Um, and then we're going to talk about her two passion projects. One is uh, coming into her family's plumbing business, which is actually really exciting to me. And then also her work uh, helping busy leaders, busy, busy professionals really take control and mastery of their health. So Candace, welcome. Excited to have you. Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you so much. And that was a wonderful introduction. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so we've had an opportunity to meet compliments of LinkedIn, and we've had a couple of conversations. And I really loved just our our kind of synergy and, and chatting. And one of the things that I I wanted to, that the reason I wanted to have you on the show was I, I'm more and more impacted by the number of people that I'm encountering who've been in these really high stress kind of intense leadership environments, particularly in corporate, but can be anywhere, and then have had a series of transformations or ahas or whatever that led them to kind of to make some decisions about doing something differently. And mm-hmm. so can you just share a bit of your like your professional journey? Uh, in talent management, in you've been in some, you know, some really hefty corporate environments. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of some of the things that you began to recognize maybe in your leadership or in leaders around you? Sure. So yeah, most of my career has been in HR, the talent management space. For those that may not be familiar, talent management, you know, usually sits in the human resources function. We do things like the goal setting process for the company, leadership development programs, sometimes other learning and training programs. We think about the culture of the company very intentionally. If you've ever taken an employee survey or had an employee review, it was probably a talent management team that was behind the design of some of that, which may be good or bad for people to know because not everybody loves those processes. <laughs> um, so that's where I spent a majority of my career. And then about six years ago, got into health and nutrition coaching more because of a personal transformation I had made and really wanted to kind of preach the good word to others about what, you know, some health changes could do for them professionally and, and personally. And so I think when I started coaching, I started paying even more attention to 
leadership styles than I already was. Like I had always been aware of them and studied them and and helped educate some some leaders about that internally as we were launching these different programs and how they could be mentors to others and really support their teams. But I think I started to pay more attention to the interpersonal skills involved in that and how leaders can really bring that to life and and essentially not really fake it, right? But actually become these leaders that get more out of their people and in a way that is motivating and inspiring, not not just the do it because I said so kind of approach, right? And so I just, I think I became more aware of that and more sensitive to that. And it helped me in the corporate space because I could recognize it in other leaders. And if they weren't quite there where we wanted them to be, maybe help get them there, right? And and understand how, how they could, how to explain to them transitions in their own style and what they could expect to go maybe a little bit better or differently um, than, you know, if they, if they change things up. Um, and then with the health side of things, really started to just talk more about the importance of health and taking care of yourself physically and mentally so that you can show up to be better for your team and and better for everyone else in your life. And I think I just got more comfortable talking about that in a corporate space than I had been in the past. And I'm happy to see that that's, that trend seems to be happening everywhere. We're talking mm-hmm. about health and wellness and well-being is, is showing up more, more um in companies. Yeah. So I know that's does that answer your question is kind of a little yeah, bit yes. all over the place. So, yeah. So okay. So one of the one of the um one of the and I'll just actually read it because I I I snatched it off of your LinkedIn. And it says, change is hard. Change feels very hard when it's related to our health and habits. Sure, we want to eat better, exercise more, and make space for self-care, but taking action on those things is much easier said than done. For a long time, I put work ahead of everything, including my health. So I co-opted that to read here because what you described is it's it's a difficult nut to crack frankly right because we we're conditioned I think in at least this this society or western culture to put work like our value is so tied up in work so when you started to recognize the importance like the importance of health, well-being, you know, fitness or physical fitness, you know, which then impacts other emotional fitness and impacts all these other areas, like how did how did you what's the conversation to bring more awareness to a resistant leader, a leader that says I don't have time for that. Like I can't you know, I've got all these things on my to-do list. I I can't prioritize my health or, you know, I'll do it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, how, what, like, how did you begin to help people have that awareness that, look, this is really critical? Yeah. I, I, what I've seen work well, and I may be a little bit biased because this was how I began my own journey, is I, I wasn't really like, oh, I need to be as healthy as possible. I was like, I need to be as productive as possible. What are the hacks? Like, what can I do to get more done in a day, right? And that started with things like time management, right? And having better processes and flows around my work. 
And then information started creeping in, in this sort of like biohacking, health hacking space. Right. And it's like, Oh, if you change the kind of breakfast you're having in the morning, you have more clarity of thought, you have better energy, you can get more done. And so that's where I started was like, how do I just be the best I can be at work? Because like you said, so much of my identity then and and still now is connected to my professional work and what I do. Um, if I think about like my perfect day, it involves work. Like it involves working on something that I really care about, which I know is crazy um, for a lot of people. But so that's where I started. And so when I do talk with somebody who's maybe resistant or just kind of doesn't buy into it, I don't even make it about the health. Um, and the long-term benefits, but I make it more about what they care about, which is like, how do you get more done? How can you feel better and more energized? And what I find is when you kind of open that door a bit and they see, they feel some changes, they see some changes usually to their body, then they're more open to try other things, right? It's kind of like this Trojan horse of other professional and personal development where like, okay, well, that better breakfast did change my energy a bit what else do you have for me? Right. And then we, we build from there and we start with these small changes that, you know, add up over time. I love that. I think that it's, it's sometimes we have to, I think sometimes we've been uh, over sensitized or we are very sensitive, hypersensitive to the fact that we're not doing something. And especially in leadership, I think, oh my gosh, I'm not running or I'm not walking or I'm not in self-care. And then we like set up this barrier that says, and therefore I'm not going to do it. Right. Even if it's kind of unconscious, <laughs> it's like, I'm not doing yeah. this because, you know, I'm, I'm failing at this. Right. I mean, that that whole perception of if we're not doing the 42 things on our list, you know, related to being better people or, or healthier or whatever, then we see it as failure. And then we're just like kind of flogging ourselves (laughs) because we're not doing it. Um, so when you were, your, your time working in a corporate environment, like, I don't know if we talked about this, but you're, so you were thinking about, you know, how to become more productive when you are working with leaders, especially in talent on the talent side, and you're getting, you know, stuff back from employees through employee surveys or whatever, what were one or two things that you started to see that that you started to see as opportunities really for corporate corporate or for companies to start to pay more attention to? Like were there things that's that either, you know, I don't know, did were the things that you just started to see? You're like, huh, like we're seeing this trend and I've been here and I've seen that same trend and we're over here and we're seeing that same trend around leadership or employee engagement. Like what were some things that you started to see? Yeah, I think something that has been true this entire time. So, you know, my 15 ish years in the game, that's something that's always been true though. It has evolved. Um, and certainly the evolution has seemed to be even more rapid in these last three-ish years, um, you know, post-2020, is the importance of the role of your direct manager. So there's big leadership at the top of the house, right? Like there's the Mm -hmm. senior leaders who are setting the vision and setting the tone. And of course, how they communicate is very important and how they sort of walk the talk is very important. But something we've known for a long time is that your relationship with your direct manager, your direct leader 
is critical. Like it's, you know, people used to say like, you don't like leave a company, you leave a manager. Right. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that is so true and so black and white, because there are so many factors that go into making a job decision. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say I have, I've seen the data and I've, I've seen it in person and I've had the personal experience of people will stay for a leader. You know, they may have a lot of reasons mm-hmm. they leave, but they will stay and they will put in discretionary effort for a leader because they believe that person cares about them. They trust that person. They want to do good work together. And so they'll go that extra mile. They'll do those, those late nights or weekends when they need to for a manager that cares about them. And, and I think knows them. And what I think has changed a bit recently is, is really like caring about them as a person, not, not just caring about your career and what, you know, let's get you some developmental experiences and get you exposure. Like all of that stuff is still relevant, but now I, I think people want to know that they know them as a person and they care about them and, and sort of what, what motivates them so that they can then help create these work experiences for them that are aligned with this person's natural style or their natural motivators. Um, And again, just make them feel like they're getting, they're being fueled up by work versus work, like draining them and like Mm -hmm. taking all of their energy. I think that's really powerful. And it raises the question for me, that is a style of leadership that I think people have been talking about desiring to have, right? Leadership or management where where your your direct supervisor, leader, man would have you, that they that there's a personal connection. Right? We've we know that, but our I believe our model of leadership has been, you know, the 1950s arm's length kind of you know, yeah. style, you know, kind of a, de- a much more detached. Um, I've had a number of conversations where we talk about kind of a masculine energy form of leadership where it's it's more competitive, hierarchical, siloed, um, individualistic versus a more feminine style, which is more collaborative. What you're talking about, knowing, really knowing someone, uh, really caring about that person. So for leaders who are recognizing, and I think the pandemic was a huge, the the whole, I mean, I've talked to HR leaders who, you know, we didn't think about the fact that people who are in HR were the, were literally absorbing all of the things that were happening with employees, right? Like, and then leaders who had to go, okay, I've got to do something different because now, you know, I'm not connecting in the office, you know, on a, on a drive-by. Now I actually have to like, figure out how to make these connections and relationships online or through the, through zoom or what have you. So how would you, how would you, what would you, I guess, what would be your approach to, to help leaders become more comfortable with connecting with their people like true. And I, I, I'm kind of disturbed by the words authentic and transparent and all that, because I think that they became buzzwords rather than actual 
practice. <laughs> it became the opposite most. of what Vic Right. It's like, yeah, it became, yeah, I'm going to be authentic right now, or I'm now going to be transparent. Like you don't have to right. announce it. It just, it just is like, if you are, then it is. But if you're announcing right. it, it's not for sure. Um, right. But, but how would you like in, again, in, in your journey, how would you help leaders understand that it's okay yeah. to start to try on this new cloth called connecting, having deeper relationship and connection, you know, in, in, in with your, with the people that you're directly, um, who are your direct reports? Yeah. There's a couple of great case studies around this. I think some that are really leaning into it and doing best in class around this are actually training their people managers on how to have the conversations and setting the guardrails of here's what you can talk about or what we'd like you to talk about. And here's maybe some areas that you shouldn't get into. And if these things come up, that's okay. But like, let's refer your employees maybe to someone else to get the kind of help that they need. Cause it can be a fine line sometimes right. when you're making more of a personal connection, especially like right now, mental health and mental well-being is, Huge. you know, I would say like very at risk and we're talking about it more. And so it, you can get into some of those, those dicey conversations. So I've heard of companies that actually have full-on programs where they are training their managers and how to have these conversations and then re-upping the training. So it's not like a one-day right. um, session, but every quarter, there's some kind of refresher for them, right? So not every company is going to invest in that though. And not every leader is going to show up for that kind of stuff. Um, something I personally did at one of my last internal roles was we used the performance review check-in to actually change how the conversation went. So instead of worrying about ratings and measuring goal progress in the traditional way we had been doing it, instead, we simplified and gave managers like a one-page document that was like, here's how this conversation should flow. And the, you know, the first half of it was all like asking people how they're doing and giving them some prompts. And it was like, if they say fine, ask again, right. you know, like you, like you want to know how they're really doing. And so part of it, just to kind of like zoom out and like answer your question a little more directly, I think it's telling managers, like, it's okay to have these conversations and we want you to have these conversations. Here's some guardrails on what to talk about. And here's some prompts for you and know that if this is a new style for you, it's going to feel clunky and that's okay. And it may feel clunky to your people and they may not be willing to open up necessarily. But if you are honest with them and open about, Hey, like I'd, I'd like to connect a little bit more. And I know this is different for us, but I, I truly want to know what's important to you. I care about you. I care about your career. Let's start here in this kind of conversation and allow it to grow, you know? So I'm a big fan of these like one pager kind of key questions, yeah. if you will, to give some guidance and then and then maybe some tips if things aren't going super well, right? And then just trying to get better the next time you do it. And it doesn't have to be the mid-year or year-end conversation. Like most managers right. have one-on-ones every week. I was just talking with someone about this. Like the one-on-one -on -one with your manager can be like the most important meeting of the week yeah. and can change your experience in, in your work environment. So I think if managers pay attention to that, if they show up um, and be present with their people versus moving the meeting on them five minutes before right. it's supposed to start and like kind of signaling that it's not that important. 
um, like I think, I think a lot can be shifted in that like 30 to 60 minute weekly check-in that managers are doing. Yeah. I think you bring up some really important points that because it's, it's new, not new, but it is new. It's a, it's a new behavior. And as you said, change is hard, um, to create a new habit or new behavior. Um, it is important, I think, and helpful just as a, as a, uh, to, to extend on this, to have guides and prompts, because if we're trying something new and we don't have a way of, we don't have our own innate language around it, it's helpful to, you know, sit and read until we get better at it. Right. So to practice something yeah. to be, we get better at it. Um, really super helpful. And I think something else you said is don't change the meeting five minutes before your, your employer is supposed to show up. Cause that signals yeah. that, that signals that somehow that meeting that's been on your calendar forever is just not all that important, which by, by virtue of that means that they're not that important. So I think that's a, right. that's a re- good reminder. So you were, uh, your last role was U.S. food. Is that correct? Am I remembering yeah, correctly? U.S. food. US food was yeah. Your last uh, before, last culture, role. culture and talent. Yeah. And so you were there and then somewhere in the midst of that work, you started to see some things that you had, I won't say greater passion, but that, that you're, you're, that you were more passionate about that you wanted to do. Yeah. One of those things, as you shifted out of there, one of those things is something that I'm really excited to kind of explore is a family-run business, a plumbing business that yeah. is led by your grandmother. Um, your mother's in the mix as well, along with your uncle. And so going from a major corporation to a family-led business um, and having a woman who's essentially the, I guess for the last 20 some years, I think has been facilitating and shepherding this along. What have you noticed or seen about leadership or what has surprised you maybe about leadership in this, in this, your, your leadership or kind of how the company runs? Like what has surprised you about, about, about leadership in this, in this new space? Yeah. Um, I'm just over a year in and I continue to be surprised by what I noticed about leadership and what I don't see all the time. Um, it was a, it was a big shift. It was a huge shift. I will say this, they, especially, um, on the technician side. So these are the plumbers that are out in the field. It's very much a style of do it because I said so sort of, or just here's this right. new thing command and con- I know we've talked about like kind of command control. and control, yeah. you know, I, it's almost like worse than that at times because it's do this because I said so, but I'm going to be very nicey, nicey about it. And now you're not really clear what I want from you. Cause it's like, ah, uh-huh. you didn't do it that one time. And I'm not going to say anything about it to you for weeks and weeks. And then I'm going to tell you all the things you haven't done. You know, it's like, there's like a little bit of that going on. Um, or, you know, we're, we're shifting, we're evolving. Right. And what, and it's not this like hard ass, you know, that's not the kind of people they are. Right. I think it's just like what, how they think a manager or a leader is supposed uh, to be. Like I'm the boss. Yeah. So this is what I'm telling you to do. So just do it. Right. And so the different conversations we've been having, I don't even say it as leadership style. I, I approach it with, with my mom and my uncle and grandma as, you know, the ultimate goal is to get people to do something differently, to behave in mm-hmm. a different way 
not to lecture, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if what we want is behavior change, we have to communicate in a way that's going to resonate for them and in a way that they're going to care about, right? So why do we want them to do something differently? And how is it going to be better for them? Like how, because it, it always feels like more work in the beginning, either because the change feels like more work or because maybe we really are giving them a new task to do that they weren't doing before, right? So explaining why we're making this change and connecting it to like why it will be better for them in the long run and then how it helps the company, like the bigger picture for everybody. Um, it's like, that's what we've been shifting toward. And it's still an evolution. We are certainly not there yet. You know, the default is still to just like give an order, so to speak, in a very right. kind and friendly way. Right. Um, so we're still, it's like, you have to over communicate. I have to say it a bunch yes. of times. And then this comes back to what we were just speaking about of like knowing your people and what's important to them. Like, I would say like what what is a big difference um, in these culture shifts or one of the big differences is we were talking about like professional achievements and my career is very important to me. It's a big part of who I am. I don't know that that's the same in this new environment, this new kind of work, right? People show up to work and it's important to them, but it's important because it's how they provide for their family, Families, right? Correct. Yeah. Or what's important to them is time spent with friends and family outside of work. and so when you know that, that's when you can speak to, you know, like connecting them to a bigger why and and not just because they're providing for their family, but also rewarding them in ways of like, hey, why don't you like take off early Friday? I know it's your son's birthday. You guys are planning the party. I'm sure your wife would like some help with having all these people over, right? right? Like those like little things where it's like, I see you as a person um, and like, how can I help you move toward the the real reason you're showing up to work here, right? Which is in some, in, in many cases, I use family because for us, that is, I think, a big motivator for many of our people. It's really fascinating. So one of, we had a project in my company um, a few years ago. It was actually eight year long, eight year long project working in um, water, sewer and streets. So okay. all blue collar, same deal yeah, that you're talking stuff. about. And I actually was, we were doing leadership development work, coaching work, training work. But what was fascinating about the the particular environment was in a blue collar environment, you're absolutely correct. The, the, The why that we all talk about, right? It's very different. The other thing is it's also, as you were just sharing it, it reminds me that the leadership, the the model of leadership that has been kind of transmitted for years, it th- a blue collar environment is a very fascinating place to actually watch the old model at at work, mm-hmm. right? In white collar environments, where you know we're going to trainings and we're going through all these processes to evolve our leadership and our the way we do things, but in blue collar, it is command and control still, right? Unless, unless as you're, I think, seeing and starting to do is creating new opportunities for a new way of being and doing. So it's, just, it's fascinating that you're having some very similar experiences that we had in, in that, in that environment. Um, so, so leadership transition for you, for you, like seeing new things. Um, and then the kind of other piece has been your uh, nutrition and health 
coaching work, which we kind of talked a little bit about for busy professionals. So, you know, walking kind of those two, those two pieces. And we've talked about this a little bit early on, but why, I mean, I know you talked about performance and productivity being really important, but what if some, what have been some other um, benefits or takeaways that you see when it comes to leaders and the work that you do with them when you're working directly with them, helping them on their, you know, helping them to become more productive or better? What are some other impacts that you've seen uh, for them um, yeah. in, in leadership? It's a great question. I'm glad we brought it back to that. The, the being more productive that was where I personally started, right? And that is where many busy professionals come to me. And so that's why I say sometimes we just start with making it about that. The other type of person or one of the other types of people I will work with, um, it's not quite from a productivity lens. They just like don't, they feel bad enough that they know they have to make a change. Like they've let things go for too long that they're like, something has to change for me. And usually it has to do with like low energy and not feeling very confident in their body anymore, right? And what I often hear from people is the things I used to do aren't working anymore. So they used to maybe get back to the gym a couple of days a week or change a few things about their diet. And then they would quickly see three or five pounds or 10 pounds come off. And now all of a sudden, that's not working anymore. And they're more stressed than ever, right? And so they're kind of like at a loss of like what's going on. They almost feel like their body is betraying them in some sort of way, you know? So so not everybody's coming to be more productive. Um, some of them truly do care about their health and just want to feel better and more energized. And so I think the energy and the confidence is like one of the, the best benefits of doing this kind of work, right? They, when they change their diet, they almost, you know, not immediately, but like very soon you will begin to feel different when you're fueling your body in a different way. And when they start moving more, whether that's in the gym or at home or just whatever it is, it that creates new energy in your body. It's mm -hmm. kind of like momentum um, grows more momentum, right? Like you just like keep going. Um, and they want, they, they find themselves wanting to do more and not feeling like so tired and run down. Right. And so all of a sudden they have a little bit more energy for their kids or for to like meet friends on the weekend. Right. They don't just want to like crash out on the couch because they're too tired mm -hmm. to do anything. Right. So it becomes this, um, instead of a vicious cycle, this like victorious cycle right. of, like if I just do a little bit of change at a time, I feel better. It becomes easier to make more change. And then you kind of build on the chain from there. And so obviously the, the first benefit is the health benefit, you know, and then I think they see these mental and emotional benefits come as well because they feel better mentally because their body is in a healthier place. They feel more confident usually, which means they kind of like step into life a little bit more and just like show up a little bit more and have this new energy. And then one of my favorite parts is everyone around them starts to notice these changes, whether they, it's a physical change or just kind of like in how they are, like how they be, so to speak, everyone's like, Oh, something's different about you. What are you doing? Right. And then they start inspiring others in their lives to do things, right? Like, Oh, I noticed Jenny's like bringing salad to work now, or she's walking around the building more or whatever it may be. 
I'm like, I could do that too, right? And so other people in their lives see these small changes they're making and they begin to feel like empowered to do the same. Like, okay, I could try that. I don't have to do some crazy cleanse. I could walk a little bit more, right? And so right. then so then I love it when my clients come tell me that they shared something I told them with someone else, right? And now that other person is doing it. And so it just feels like this little ripple effect going yeah. out very slowly um, to others, yeah. I think the work that you just talked about is, is actually really important leadership work, um, right? Because what's the, the the benefits? So it's one thing to be kind of maybe physically healthy, and I would imagine that when you're talking about folks who've been in leadership for a while, we're also now encountering we're getting older. Right. You and I talked about <clears throat> menopause as an example of where our bodies are doing for women, our bodies are doing things that they never did before. And and if we are also still on the leadership progression, like if we're still moving through our careers as leaders and still, you know, going, you know, a, more promotions and that kind of thing, I can, I can, I mean, for my own self, but I can also see the importance of balancing that other side right because it it is it is critical to have energy for lots of reasons you just yeah if you feel better you actually relate better right you're having mm-hmm. you have better relationships with the people around you um and your and then your body of course you know is flushing out the stress is having, you know, a sense of grounding, being grounded. So when the chaos happens at work, which is just inevitable in leadership roles, you will have chaos, no matter how wonderful you may be planning, chaos still exists in the world, ambiguity still exists in the world. But by fueling and taking care of this instrument called our bodies, it clarifies everything. And I love what you were talking about, about other people are impacted. I can see this particularly with, you know, your team is impacted. And we talked earlier about the relationship piece of, you know, taking care of our team members too. Self-care for our team members is so important. You know, are our team members, you know, binging on donuts <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, and then, and then spiking, sugar spiking in the middle of a meeting and then being, you know, frazzled or agitated or what have you. So it becomes a really, a, a great awareness piece. Um, so as we get ready to, to wrap up, um, our conversation. And I'm really, I'm excited to have gotten to, um, have you on the room. What, if you have like a ideal project, I know we talked in in the past about corporations that you enjoy working with, like being able to bring in, I think you said some, you have programs and things that you can bring into corporations to help them. What, what would, what would, what would those corporations look like? What are kind of an ideal, an ideal partner that you like to engage on that on the corporate side. And then on the individual side, we can just share a little bit of that. Yeah. Thank you. I'd love to talk more about that. So, uh, and shout out, thank you to you for when one of our early conversations, you mentioned, we, we started talking about the menopause and what women are going through. And especially as they are kind of reaching the highest points of their career and, right. and hitting their stride professionally. Right. All of a sudden, these these things are happening that they don't feel like they have control over to their physical body, which is then getting in the way of them being this like 
amazing dope VP, SVP, yep. EVP, whatever the thing is they've been wanting yep. to do. Right. And so I say shout out and thank you to you because you have sent me down a rabbit hole of the most fascinating information. It's like rereading some of the health things I already knew, but with this different lens of that particular kind of woman and scenario in mind. Um, so more to come on that, on how my Great. own coaching evolves. Um, and I Excellent. certainly will keep you updated. Um, but thank you for that. Yeah, no um, so yeah, so the, the one-on-one stuff is, is with busy professionals and it's really cleaning up the basics, the foundational pieces of, I call it meals, movement, and mindset, right? So addressing all three of those in a way um, where it's not overwhelming. They all work together in parallel and we just do these small habit changes over time so that you can become um, the better version of yourself, right? And the corporate side um, is similar. So those are facilitated more through group challenges. We tend to do six weeks on, six weeks off. And it's not a challenge in the sense of let's be strict or let's deprive ourselves for six weeks. We don't want to do anything that's going to set us up to fall hard off the wagon Mm -hmm. when this time period is done. Instead, it's those foundational pieces of health that we can just focus on one thing at a time or a few things at a time in these kind of six-week containers together as a team so that, you know, over the course of the year, when we've done four of these, you know, we've leveled up our health in these different kinds of ways, right? And so that's a um, a bit of the newer part of my business. I will say I've been doing group programs for several years, um, but mostly with health um, and fitness facilities. And now bringing it back to corporations, my peeps in HR are typically the ones, you know, interested in this sort of thing. And so um, it's really companies that are looking to do something a little bit different. And I would say like, if you're doing a check the box health and wellness, uh, you know, just we want to do a couple of lunch and learns a year, certainly happy to help with that, but I'm not your best fit for these challenge programs. I, I want to get in there. I want to partner with the teams. I want to talk to you about your culture. I want to hear the good and the bad of leaders, like supporting these kinds of initiatives so that we can work in reality and launch it in a way that is going to fit the culture and, and not pretend, you know, that like we care about health when we don't. And I don't mean that to sound like super callous. Like I I know it's not that leaders don't care, but sometimes it's not a priority, right? So, right. and and employees can see through that, right? So I really want to work with organizations who are willing to talk about the culture of their team, right? And, and the company and partner together on like, how do we make this meaningful for their staff so that everybody gets something out of it? Not just the people that are already fit and already training for marathons, but even those that have been on the couch for a really long time and just like need a way to get started. Like I want to, you know, be something that fits for all. And so that's probably not too specific in like the ideal company type, but I would say somebody who's willing to just open up about the culture a bit and, and really partner on this thing together to make it a real change and not like a one-time event or something like that. That's, that's, that's fantastic. And something that I, as you were talking that just kind of, you know, my little headline was, what I think separates, in my opinion, <laughs> what separates you in terms of as a health and nutrition coach helping busy professionals is you've actually been in a corporate environment. You've been in the HR, you've been in talent, you've been in HR. And so you understand 
some of the things that will make under, like you, you have walked in the shoes, you understand the kinds of things that go on in a corporate environment and you're able, I would imagine to close that gap quicker. Like you don't have to do a ton of learning about what happens in a corporate environment because you've been in those shoes. So I think that's a really a magical partnering from your, your, your corporate expertise and then your health and uh, nutritional expertise to really help companies move forward. And the other thing, as you were talking, Candace, is that there is a revenue, there's a there's a revenue component to this, meaning when we have healthy people, they're at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? They're or or when we have healthy people, there's not as a significant impact potentially to health benefits, health costs. Right. So there's a revenue component or a profitability or component to this as well, in terms of, you know, a, a, an investment in your work can actually probably lead to a five or 10 or 12 X in outcome for the company all the way around retention. I can see all of those different elements um, impacting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it can be hard to quantify that, especially in the early, early days of something, mm-hmm. because when you're talking about health changes, even if someone feels a little bit more energized or has lost a little bit of weight or is sleeping better or handles stress better after six weeks, it doesn't, or even a year, doesn't like automatically show up in the data right away. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. Like it is, the return on investment is is incredible. If you have, you know, you just have to have a little bit of patience to see that through. And if you're going to spend the money on something, like you want to make sure it works, right? And that's why I say right. like the true partnership is is really important to me. Just right. yesterday, I met someone who's a data analyst for uh, a benefits company. And he was telling me that one of the uh, the top claims, especially of, of employees that are, you know, 40s and above, is uh, having to do with diabetes and controlling that yeah. um, yep. And for many who who are dealing with that, those are lifestyle factors, meaning like we have right. control. It's not always going to be easy back to where we started, like changes. Right. It can be hard, hard, right? Right. But you have control. It's like not just this thing that you have to throw your hands up in the air, right? Like you can yeah. you can take real control of your health there and it makes a meaningful difference to your experience in life. And like you said, when you have more energy, you just show up differently in all of these different kinds of ways. Um, and it can be motivating, like self-motivating to like stay in that zone. Right. Um, so yeah, the, I think the financial piece is there. I tend to, I don't know if this was like good for me or not from a business standpoint, I <laughs> love your thoughts on it, but I tend to talk more about the employee experience side and the engagement side and like really like these people again, becoming like the best version of them personally and professionally. Um, and thank you for, you know, for mentioning that like my internal experience may position me to, to be a good partner in this way. Absolutely. I, you know, I'd love to have these conversations like you and I had today about like how managers can better connect with their teams. Right. Because it's not entirely uh, connected to health and, and well-being in, in the sense of these challenges and such. But if managers know this is available and are promoting it to their teams and whether someone decides to enroll or not, if they just use that as like a way to say, hey, how are you taking care of yourself or what do you yeah. like to do? And sharing their own experience of like, 
I'm running right now. It's miserable, but I'm doing it. You know, like that's, right. that's what like opens up these doors to make health and well-being more, you know, part of the conversation and then the personal connection as well. And I think it helps to humanize, you know, again, going back to this conversation, you know, the, the, the pieces of um, building those connections to people, those, you know, those, those connections in which leaders and managers are, you know, embracing uh, appropriately, <laughs> embracing yeah. their team members, right. And really learning about them. I think it, 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 it can be a different type of conversation. And I just, I love the fact that this is about humanizing the workplace in a lot of ways. It's about building bridges to each other. Um, and it's about genuinely caring about the humans, right? And I, that, that is yeah. a newer style or newer form, newer model of leadership. Not to say that we didn't care about, you know, folks 20, 30, 40 years ago, but I think it's, it, it's, I think it shows up now that the whole human needs to be, and especially also as we have generational change in the workplace, it becomes even yeah. more critical, right? So yeah. it's, so it's, so it's really cool. All right. So I know we could talk and talk and talk because we have. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but um, thank you so much for being on the room where leaders talk. I'm excited at your work, uh, the importance of your work. And I think you know, the importance of helping leaders first and foremost, be able to, to, um, to reclaim themselves in high stress environments and kind of all the habits that we develop to thrive or, or to survive high stress environments. I think your health nutrition side of your work, your coaching work is really important. And as I said, I think you're super, a super part of the superpower magic of this is that you've been there in those corporate environments and understand really the dynamics that are at play. So in order for folks to get in touch with you, we'll have every all your contact information will be in the show notes. So I'm excited uh, to, to invite people for that. Um, so Candace, thank you again. I really appreciate having you on the room. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for just like the relationship we've begun to form yeah. In these, you know, short few uh, months here that we've known each other. I really appreciate that you have been so open to sharing your experience with work with me, your insights that you've kind of casually mentioned about the, the companies you work with. Tell me a lot about how much you know and and the kinds of work that you do. So I'm happy to uh, keep learning from you. And then just personally, some of the questions you've asked me have been tremendously helpful as I think about my own role as a coach um, and now, you know, as a business leader and and business owner and all these many projects right. I I have going on. So thank the you many hats. Um, so much. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The many hats. All right. Awesome. Candace. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.